0: Good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing? What is it with this hat? Huh? It just doesn't want to. There it goes. Finally. I hope everybody had a great holiday, whether you celebrate Christmas or whatever you celebrate. I hope it was a good one. I did. Nice and quiet yesterday. But uh, glad to be back today. Feels good. Feels good to be back sitting in the chair, right? Talking about uh, different topics because that's what I enjoy doing. Anyway, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal problem, we can get to you. Sometimes it might take a couple hours, but we can definitely get to you. I'm sporting my other other shirt, my other surfing Santa today. Let's see if we can bring him up a little bit. There he is. See? Every day is a surfing Santa shirt for me. But anyway, um, as the holidays come to close. Welcome. If you're watching from Facebook, be sure to hit that like and follow button. And yeah, we're looking for followers. If you're if, if you happen to have come over here from Instagram, uh, it's ghosty on Instagram, please follow me over there. Also, if you're watching from YouTube, let's see if I can point this out. First try. Oh, that's close. There's that ghost right there in the bottom right-hand corner. Click on him and a little subscribe button will come up. You can subscribe to our videos. We have more than 460 videos sitting over there, all different topics. I'm a journalist, so I like to change it up. I just don't like to do spooky stuff. I like to do other stuff as well, like tonight's topic. So hopefully uh, you'll see something that you like over there, and I'm sure there is something that you will like over there. Looks like the Internet's going to be weird tonight. Something big must have happened somewhere along the line. Everybody's online, so crossing fingers tonight. Make sure everything holds up on this end uh You know how it gets. There's everybody in this neighborhood is on Xfinity. So this is what happens. Anyway, welcome. And uh I hope you enjoy the show tonight. When my mother passed away, well, before my mother passed away, we had a burial plan that we were paying into. And my mother <laughs> loved pink. And so she picked out like this pink casket. That was really cool, you know. But when it came time, once she did pass away, The cost, even with what was left over on the burial plan to bury her, was just so tremendous that we ended up cremating her and putting her in with my dad. But the cost for people is really high for this stuff. And nowadays, you know, there's alternatives. There's some really neat alternatives. I mean, there's alternatives that I like. You know, I'm one of those people, I want to get shot towards the moon, right? Fly me to the moon. Or, you know, even become a tree by the ocean or something. You know, something like that. Because there's all these alternatives that that you can do. You can donate your body to science, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. So tonight, my guest, Mandy, I am, I'm going to have her say her own last name. I screw last names up all the time. So I'll let her tell me her last name. My guest tonight is going to talk about that stuff. We're going to have that discussion tonight. And that's a discussion everybody should have. It should, you know, with your family, you know, some people are scared to death of that discussion. And I remember when my dad bought the, bought their um, plot. I remember that. And I remember he thought it was funny. My dad took it as funny, and he used to take people over there and say, oh, here's here's my new address, you know, blah, blah, blah. But people find it hard to talk about this. And, I mean, it's understandable because that's it, you know. and the, 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 it's, it's the final fish hook in, in, in the line, as they say. But it, it should be talked about sooner than later because you don't want to stick your family, you know, you don't want to pass away, and then, and then your family is... is is I'm not gonna say stuck, but, but your family is, is 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 trying to figure things out, figuring you know, figure out costs, trying to do all this other stuff. Because it, it can be over it, it's extremely overwhelming when that happens. You know, that's why it's easier to have these things planned out. So let me bring her on. She can tell you a little bit, she can tell you about herself and tell you about what she does and then we'll take it from there. And if I was wrong with all this, just let me know Mandy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so let's bring her on. Hey, Hello. how's it going? Good 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 how do you say your last name ben Walid. ben Walid. i'm glad i didn't attempt it no
1: (laughs) worries i it happens all the time i usually have to spell it out phonetically for people yeah so i'm happy to pronounce it myself but i appreciate that
0: (laughs) i'm horrible with names i'm I'm like the school teacher up there you know i'm botching every other name and uh, you know I'm the same, don't even worry. Just because you have a complicated name doesn't mean you know how to pronounce
1: other people's complicated names.
0: (laughs) There you go, there you go. Tell me about you. Yeah, sure,
1: Uh, so my name's Mandy. Um, I have been working in sort of the death care space for about 10 years now. Mm -hmm. I uh, started a company in 2013 Mm -hmm. called Keeper, and our focus and our goal was to ensure that people's stories never die. And so Mm -hmm. we are essentially an online memorial platform and the idea is that people create memorial pages for someone that's passed away and it's a place Mm -hmm. where friends and family can get together and just share all the person's life stories their photos their videos and just really be able to celebrate that person and so that's how i kind of started getting into this world Mm -hmm. and from there i started writing a blog about kind of all things death and dying i was honestly, doing it at first for marketing reasons to Mm -hmm. try to get more people to click through to our website, like we do with digital marketing. And in doing that, I became really fascinated by um, the funeral industry, and by the challenges with it and how expensive it was, and how non environmentally friendly it was. And I just became really fascinated with it and started to dive a little deeper. And so I started uh, what is now I don't know what you'd call it, a media company, an influencer site, whatever it may be. We write about a lot of things around death and dying. It's called Talk Death, TalkDeath.com. Mm-hmm. And we just try to be a resource and an advocacy group to talk about all things around death and dying.
0: It's fascinating, though. But like, you know, it's like I said, people, you know, when they think about this subject, they don't want to think about this subject yeah. because that's the final stop at the end. But people need to think about this stuff. They need to think, how, you know, like that, keeper you were taught dot, dot com thing you were talking about the putting up a legacy legacy has a similar thing but they disappear after a while you know yes. so it's nice to be able to have a place like that where people can put memories up there and you know and pictures and video and everything it's a good thing but yeah, we, is... we
1: actually started because legacy was actually like t- not that i want to like talk poorly about That's other fine. companies That's but
0: fine.
1: the challenge with legacy is that like they will scrape, like, so any company that have, that's affiliated with a newspaper, they mm-hmm. have a partnership with them that they will automatically publish those obituaries on their website, and then mm-hmm. they force the family to pay, like, another $100 to keep it up. Right. And so it's like,
0: yeah, it's a bit of, a, like, that's actually one of the reasons why we built what we did, mm-hmm. because of those. It's a racket. It's a racket. And then the high cost of funerals, it's, it's astronomical. Mm-hmm. When you get into it with the, cat, you know, you get the casket, and you got to do everything else with it. It's just craziness now there's alternatives to that right i mean you see this stuff all the time on tv with you know bury yourself under you know become a tree and, and all this yeah there's so
1: many different alternatives now and you know it's funny we call them alternatives like modern alternatives but <laughs> a lot of the maybe newer practices that are becoming popular today in a lot of cultures are actually really old practices which is really fascinating i find mm-hmm. um, and so there's quite a few different alternatives and a lot of them are focused on more environmental uh, consciousness but mm-hmm. at the same time these environmental options also end up being in some cases not in all cases more um, more affordable as well and so you know you mentioned being buried under a tree there's actually there's actually a lot of challenges with that and it's a beautiful concept but being buried under a tree at like a traditional cemetery today is actually like really expensive and it's going to be like the most expensive plots that right. you could actually purchase in a cemetery but um if you're interested about some of the alternatives one of them is just green burial which is one of the older practices that i mentioned so if you actually look at like muslim and jewish traditions they've been doing these green burials for a very long time And essentially what a green burial is means that the person is not embalmed. So that is a reduced cost, but also means less formaldehyde and toxic chemicals are going into the ground after someone dies. And then green burial also means that the casket should be really simple and should not have, uh, first of all, definitely should not have any kind of precious woods that had to be like transported far away, but no metals either. And so that means that you're typically being buried in a very simple casket so it could be like a pine casket Mm -hmm. where everything has to be biodegradable so Mm -hmm. the handles could be made out of wood or maybe out of jute um there's no like big like screws in there there's no there's no metal whatsoever and so just by nature of having it be a green burial means it's a much more simple casket which means Mm -hmm. it's also more affordable and better for the environment so that's a really quick simple example
0: well, I've heard about those. I, you know, I've gotten—I'm uh, 50 something years old, so I'm starting to get that stuff in the mail now. You know, where <laughs> you start getting it. And there's yeah. that place up I, uh, up on the on the west coast. You know, out here on the coast that does that. And okay. um, it doesn't look that bad. She sent me videos of the area. You know, <laughs> and it doesn't look like that bad a gig. But I mean, with that—is there concern from families that that there's no there's no way they could go visit the, the you know the loved one? Is there a plaque that's put with those or anything? So
1: traditionally in a
0: green burial
1: type cemetery or space, Mm -hmm. what they will do is they'll have a communal memorial. So what that means is there'll be like a big boulder or like a big plaque where people's names are put. Mm -hmm. But it really depends on the space, right? They're not all doing things the same way. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, see what's special with this and just to kind of go off of what you were saying is, you know, people can't go visit, but... Mm -hmm you can go visit. It's just, you're going to visit a park. You're going to a beautiful natural space, mm-hmm. right? And so you can know like roughly where your loved one is buried. And imagine going to visit your loved one and it's just like a beautiful forest and you're just walking through a forest. Mm-hmm. And then you could go to like the area where they were buried. And so the intention and the beauty that comes with going to take that time to visit with someone that's passed away I feel like you actually get almost a better experience because you're going in nature. It's, you know, it's, you're not just going and driving up to a plot and walking away. I find when I visit my family at the cemetery, I'm just like, okay, like I'm standing here, like I'm saying my words and like, I'm taking that moment to be with them. But imagine like being like in the middle of a forest in nature and like how much more like, I guess spiritual you could be, you know? And I feel like it's just a much better experience overall.
0: So are they, like, the question I'm curious about with with, with that is, are they bearing the actual body there or are they, are the ashes or what is that? You can do both. So there are, for example, if you want to be cremated and become a tree,
1: there's a wonderful place um, called Life Forest where they specifically work with cremated remains. So you can be cremated and then they will put your ashes in a wool shroud. So it'll just be something made Of 100% wool, and that actually protects the tree and gives the tree nutrients as the wool decomposes, Mm -hmm. and they'll place your ashes under a tree. Um, Some green burial places are like very strict, and technically, cremation is not considered like totally green because there are, you know, there are emissions that are being used in Mm -hmm. the cremation retort. Mm -hmm. And also, what's interesting um, that a lot of people don't realize is cremated remains are actually. They're really bad for plants. (laughs) So if you like take cremated remains and then you just try to plant like a baby tree on top, Mm -hmm. it's probably going to die because when it gets wet, it basically turns into like concrete Um, and it doesn't have any of those nutrients for the tree. So, yes, you could like put it under a tree, but like we always recommend and what I've you know, what I've been recommended from the people that run these kinds of um, Mm -hmm. facilities would be like they're mature trees that can can grow around it as if it was a rock. Mm -hmm. Um, or you would scatter it in those areas. So generally, yes, green burial um, facilities will accept cremated remains and full body, but Mm -hmm. a lot of the times it is full body only.
0: So what happens with the ones that are underwater, like the coral reef one, you know, because they push the coral reef kind too.
1: Yeah, so there's another method. Um, There's a company called Memorial Reefs. I think there's actually a couple more. And what they'll do is they will mix your cremated remains with concrete and then they will put that concrete into a mold and any scuba divers or snorkelers out there will know that there's actually a lot of artificial reefs out there. Mm -hmm. The goal is to, of course, rebuild the reefs that we have unfortunately killed over time. And so by putting these, it's like these concrete, um, generally that it's almost like a barrel, but there'll be holes in them. And so that way, you know, the fish can go in and out of them. And so your remains will be in that reef and they'll put it on the ocean floor and then that will just essentially allow corals to start growing on top of it it's basically creating like a new ecosystem and the goal is to to build a whole new reef system with them and that's being done definitely a lot on the coast of california Um, anywhere where there's generally a body of water there's um a couple companies that are offering that now and it's also fairly affordable but at the end of the day it could end up costing a similar amount than like a traditional funeral
0: Interesting. I was just going to ask you, what's the difference in cost between having it done that way and a traditional funeral?
1: You know, I actually don't know the exact cost of a Memorial reef. I'm guessing it's around like the $2,000 mark after the Mm -hmm. cremation though. So like Mm -hmm. these companies will not do the cremation themselves. You'll have to go to like a funeral home or a crematory, have those services there. And then when you have your cremated remains with you, then you go to them and you'll generally ship it to them. Um, But I don't think like, it's not a high cost, but a traditional funeral, meaning a traditional casket embalming, a viewing, so a memorial service where you're like renting out a space and you have friends and family visiting. Right. In the US and Canada, you're looking at like five to 10K on average. Right, and right. a lot of that could be the casket, right? So the casket, I mean, you could literally go to Costco. I actually checked today because I was curious okay. what Costco's prices were. Costco's caskets are at on average, you go to a funeral home, you're looking at 2000. I mean, it could go up to $10,000, but you can get like a nice casket for about $2,000. And so, you know, when you think about a five K cost of a service, that's really, you know, the professional fees, Mm -hmm. all of the embalming, um, the death certificates, the services of the funeral home, going to pick up the body. Like there's, there's a lot of costs that go into it. A lot of them are necessary and so here's the challenge right is five thousand dollars for a funeral that doesn't seem too bad for all the services that have to go in with it. Right, but right. where it gets really challenging is when the funeral homes are trying to add and add and add and add mm-hmm. to that right
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i was just thinking years ago this town up uh there's a little what used to be a little western town i don't know if they're still doing it pollardville and i remember they Actually, had an undertaker that was building caskets out of pine, hmm. and I always laughed because I said, "You know, that's a cheap way to go. You can just stick me in a pine box and just send me." You know, um, I was reading on your website over at Talk Death, and you guys had talked about going in and spending the day in a crematorium. Yeah, and I had done that. I I actually got to do it, spend a day with a with, with a funeral director, and so I got to watch the, the that process. You know, and, and? It's, just, it's 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 interesting how they do it. You can know, i ask because, what you found interesting
1: i'm, I'm just so curious that just that
0: uh, the, the, the the cardboard box you know it's just it's just the way they do it you know how they double check the ID, the idea on the bodies before they before they go in there mm-hmm. and you know that that whole process and how long it takes to even do that to the body
1: yeah i mean and it's wild like i mean some places will they'll do you know up to 10 bodies a day at Mm -hmm. least for some of them. Um, I mean, the checking of the IDs, it is so important. The amount of horror stories that I've heard of just, oh, we cremated the wrong person. Like it legit happens all Mm -hmm. the time. And so there are very important protocols and they're there for a reason. Um, But yeah, it is, it is really fascinating. I mean, I feel like you can come to it from like different perspectives, but I think from someone who's seeing it for the first time, it can come off as, it kind of just feels like a, a bit industrial, right? Because it's uh-huh. these machines that are definitely very industrial machines. Um, and I don't know, it is it is a fascinating process, but I guess once you work in it, it just it kind of just feels
0: pretty straightforward,
1: I guess yeah, you'd say?
0: Well, if you, you, if you if you talk to you know these people in the business, it's enough. It's it's. I mean, they're very caring with the bodies and everything. But when you come down to it, they have a real dark sense of humor, and you it's enough. To, it's, a, it's like a daily thing for them. Like, okay, come on over here. I always made the joke because when I was covering the story, because I'm a ghost hunter too, you know. Mm-hmm. And so she, we, we walk in there and in the, the main chapel. She says, "Well, we have got several bodies in here. Is that going to bother you?" And I laughed and I said, "No, I, I." I get them 200 years after you do. And <laughs> she kind it. of looked at me and just laughed. But I mean, it's, it's, it's a unique perspective when you actually can go into a mortuary like that and, and see what they do and, and how they're offering and how it all operates. Yeah,
1: I actually, I worked um, as a funeral director's assistant for quite a few years. Um, I started by, actually, I was volunteering for unclaimed burials. So in, I live in Canada and in Canada, um, anyone who has not been claimed, meaning either their family hasn't been identified or the family has, but they, or they don't have family or the family, honestly, it's, it's really sad. a lot of times it's the family can't afford the funeral. Mm-hmm. So when that happens, the the state or the province steps in and they offer like a funeral home, some funding to be able to go through that process. Mm-hmm. where they will um, take the person into their care and then they'll bury them. So in Canada, we bury every anyone who's unclaimed. Mm-hmm. And that's how I started um, working in the funeral industry, like hands-on is um, a funeral director needed volunteers because the the city would give them so little money to bury these people that they couldn't even afford to pay pallbearers. Mm-hmm. So they would ask people to come volunteer. And so that's what I started to do is I would, I would drive out um, to a cemetery that often be like an hour away. Mm -hmm. And I would, you know, go literally just to take the person out of the hearse, walk them to the grave. Um, It was lovely that we we would say a few words, we would always leave a flower. And, um, and that's how I started. And then from there, I started working more at like traditional funeral services. And a lot of it was at a crematory, as well, it would be like a funeral home and crematory in the same place. And, you know, it really just becomes part of the daily work, you don't think about it. Yes, you have the dark humor, but it's one of those jobs where you need to have dark humor. Like I'm sure pathologists are very dark humor Mm -hmm. and anyone who deals with a lot of, I don't know. uh, I don't want to say tragedy because I don't think death is a tragedy. I think it, you know, there are some deaths that are tragedies. Right. But um, yeah, you, you kind of just build this armor, I guess, around yourself.
0: Yes. My question is this, you know, are there funeral, are there funeral parlors that will keep adding things on when people are sitting there? They'll they'll try to, yeah, of course, Um for sure. I mean, a lot of the
1: times, I mean, I think it says a lot that a lot of funeral homes work off of commission. Mm-hmm. So the more you sell, the more you make, right? We all know that. We all know what those um, pushy car salesmen can be like. Right. But yes, it's all about, well, you can have this casket or you could have this casket. There's always a better option. Then there's flowers and then there's tribute videos. And mm-hmm. then there's stationary um and then there's different speakers that can come like yes i mean the, the simple answer is yes they will you know you'll have your simple arrangement and then mm-hmm. i don't know if you know home that doesn't have this but they'll come to you basically a book of here are the extras what do you want mm-hmm. and you know the challenge here is that the the intention is good in the sense of you're planning a wedding, right? You want right. flowers. You want the choice. You want the food. You want to, you know, you want to pick and choose and find the perfect thing that meets you mm-hmm. and 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 your partner's, you know, what what you want, what represents them. It's very similar in a funeral setting, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, the, the funeral homes they're they're there to try to create a beautiful service to help you during this time. But the problem is that we like the the commercialization of it all, and the way that their business model is kind of failing has forced them to try to just add on, add on and on, because the, the tradition was that we were burying people. When you mm-hmm. bury people, there's a whole slew of services that come with that. And there's a good amount of, there's enough profit for them to run their businesses. Burial was, was of course the norm, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're at about 60% cremation in the US. So that completely changed and challenged the business model of the funeral home. So to answer your question, Yes, they try to upsell you and they try to sell you more and more products because their businesses are honestly just not doing as well as they used to. And mm-hmm. they need to be selling you more
0: things so that they can make more money. I've been there and, you know, sitting there with <laughs> with them and it's like, okay, we got this cost for the Hearst. Oh yeah, you, you need the limousine. I guess, how much is that going to cost? You know, cha-ching. So yeah, it, 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 it sometimes seems like it's, it's a big nickel and dime thing. I'm not cutting it down. I mean, people, this is a service... As my dad would say, people are dying to dying to be there. You know, (laughs) that's how my dad would put it. It's a service that everybody needs, but I mean, it would be nice if they would point out alternatives too. But they won't do that. Well, so it's it's not even that they won't point out alternatives. It's that like they
1: make you feel that what they're offering to you is like mandatory. So Mm -hmm. something that a lot of people don't know. There's two things a lot of people don't know. One is that embalming is not mandatory anywhere by law. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think. I mean you ask someone who doesn't know much about the funeral industry they would just think that embalming is just a norm and that everyone has to do it. So that's one thing. And the second thing is is you know just before I talked about going to Costco to buy your casket at $1200 instead of $5000, mm-hmm. there is a law called the funeral um the, the funeral rule in the states where by law every funeral home if they have to at no cost accept a casket from someone else. So if you have that, that woodworker, funeral director making you a pine box, mm-hmm. or you go to Costco, a funeral home legally in the United States cannot charge you anything or refuse a casket that you br- that you bring somewhere else. So there are people on, on the consumers alliance end of things that, that are trying to help this and trying to bring the transparency there. But we're not even, we're not, we're not there yet. <laughs> we're really not. Traditionally, we're not there yet
0: and then i've seen i'm going to ask you about this too i've seen these things on TikTok where you can take the ashes and 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 have people make them into diamonds oh
1: yeah yeah there's okay like there's so many things you can do with ashes i have to tell you so if anyone here is like interested or if you i think we have like five articles about what you can do with creator remains on TalkDeath.com. so many uh the diamonds i actually think they're beautiful but if you're trying to save money that's not the way to go it's like more expensive than like a real diamond right but literally they'll take um they'll take your ashes and they'll use these like Crazy machines. I've I've I haven't seen one in person, but I've I've seen videos of it. And basically, it's I mean, it's just like how they make artificial diamonds today, which is a very popular thing now, which is growing is the synthetic diamond industry. And so they just sort of like pressurize the ashes, and um, it will pressurize to the point where it will turn into a diamond, and the colors will change as well. And you can put on a necklace, you can put on a ring, whatever. Um, but yeah, they're beautiful. Like if I have enough money when my dog dies, I would absolutely want to put her in like a beautiful necklace or
0: something to keep her with me all the time. That would be awesome. Well, I'm not trying to cut down, cut the funeral industry, but, but I, but I remember when my mother passed away and um, it was a Catholic funeral. And unfortunately the mortuary is now working with the Catholic church. So I didn't get to have any ashes, you know, to take Mm -hmm. home with me, but they said, well, we took her fingerprints. You can get jewelry made. And I thought, Oh, that's really cool. (laughs) <laughs> their necklace was like 200 something dollars to have it done yeah oh yeah. so i finally got on the phone got copies of the you know the the fingerprints and got on amazon and pulled it off for 20 bucks
1: amazing
0: <laughs> you know but that's the stuff they like you say that's the stuff they don't tell you because they're you know they, they want you to buy through them and stuff which and not there's nothing wrong with that i mean that's that's business that's just the way business is
1: that's the okay. thing. I, I agree that there's nothing wrong with that, but it's also like putting into the perspective that like, this could be the person's like worst day of their entire life, like losing mm-hmm. someone so close to them. Right. And, you know, no one admits to it obviously. And, you know, I preface this by saying, I know a lot of amazing, wonderful, very heartfelt funeral directors that would never do this, but some of them do capitalize on that grief and they take mm-hmm. advantage of that. You know, mom would have loved this. Wouldn't you like this? You know, it's, mm-hmm. It's very easy to persuade someone who's grieving like that. Like, I still remember my grandmother, like, not that long ago, told me that when my grandfather had passed away, like, I don't even know, like over 10 years ago now, she was like, Yeah, no, I paid, like, yeah, it was like $25,000. I was like, You paid $25,000? She's like, Yeah, I don't know. I just signed some papers. And, like, that's what the funeral director told me I needed. And I was like, Are you kidding me? Like, and it was, and it it was just, Yeah, no, that, that, yeah, that's what I did. I didn't think I had a choice and
0: that mm-hmm. happens to so many people. Mhm. And I got to say, Yvonne, if you if you're listening to this show, it's not about you. You guys were great. <laughs> when, I, when I was working with you guys with the newspaper and everything. So this isn't about you guys, you or your, or your husband. Um, and I'm not like I said, I'm not here to cut down, you know, to, to cut anybody down in the industry because it, it, that industry is something people need. But it's nice now to see these these are like, like the diamond alternative sites nice, or the you know, the um underwater thing, you know, or, or, the tree thing, it's nice to see the alternatives that people can do that. There's something cheaper they can do. I know from, from experience also with the newspaper, I used to have to go cover uh, pot, potter's field funerals
1: mm-hmm.
0: out here, you know, for people that couldn't afford it. And I think people aren't aware of that either, that, that the County will, will provide that service.
1: Yeah. Generally counties will provide that service. Um, and, and, you know, I haven't, I haven't been to like a service like that in the, in the States, but the ones that I've done in Canada, I think that they were the level that they were at because the funeral director cared. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that a lot of the time it depends on who's the one like coordinating that. And so the funeral Mm -hmm. director that I did these services with for, you know, it would be in like a Potter's field. Similarly, like he was like, you have to be dressed well, like Have to be have to show up on time. You have to do this in a professional manner. We have to like you know we all stand there for a moment. We always put a flower and like there's like a real dignity and respect to it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And um and I hope that other I hope that other places do that. But it's it's hard and it happens so often. And what I think is really sad and what I think is the you know it's interesting because like the city thinks that or the or the county whoever thinks that they're doing the family a service, but The big problem here is that people are not claiming their loved ones because they can't afford a funeral. Like that is effed up. It's It's, really sad.
0: It's really sad. Here's a question. (laughs) All right. Any truth to the conspiracy theory that funeral homeowners will try to buy land in a senior citizen area, neighborhood, or high crime area to get frequent business? I don't know about that one. I mean, I,
1: I cannot, um, confirm or deny that. (laughs) Um, I'm not, I'm not sure, but I think with any funeral home opening up, they will a hundred percent be doing some type of a census to see who's Mm -hmm. living there. If There's an old folks home around there. Yeah. They'll probably be close by. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that a lot of funeral homes will go to, Assisted living facilities, old folks' homes, hospitals, mm-hmm. and they will go advertise their services.
0: You know, plain and simple. I so, used yeah. to do uh, direct mail advertising, and mm-hmm. I used to work with a uh, firm uh, for a cremation. Oh, who was it? The Subter Society. I forget what. The Society. Neptune Society.
1: Neptune Society.
0: Okay. I used to do their mailings for them, and I remember it would be like like twice a year, and I'd be mailing out like like sixty thousand things to you other know, people. And yep. now I get them in the mail. It's kind of scary. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, I mean I, even I get them. So don't it's, worry. It's, it's, they're looking for me. <laughs> but, but as we talk about this, this is what what you do with with bringing all this out in the open is terrific because people should know about this stuff because I mean when you, when you walk into a funeral home, you're usually despondent. And the person you're going to rely on is the person sitting across you at the table waving the book and flipping the pages, right? So it's, it's good to have this kind of background to know about these things and have these open discussions about it, even though it's uncomfortable for people.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, that's a really big reason why we do what we do and why we focus on education most of the time. And it's just like you said, people are in these moments. They're having a very difficult time. And People just, you know, to be honest, the general public is just not aware of, of, of options. There is a lot of things that happen behind closed doors and mm-hmm. they don't have to be. And individuals like they, they just don't know their rights, to be honest. They don't know the, the legislation around it, they don't know their rights, they don't know um, they don't know that there are alternative options. And, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about maybe three alternative options with with cremation, mm-hmm. um, but there's so many others, right? And I mean, obviously scattering is very popular and you could be, there's a new company called Parting Stone where they will put your cremator remains into like these beautiful like pebbles. And so they will be like pebbles that you could have and you could like skip them on the water. Um, and that's really just the challenges. People don't know that there are options. They don't know that like green burial is an option. And there was actually a very interesting survey recently or maybe two years ago that happened with the NFDA. And I don't know the numbers, I can't remember them exactly off the top of my head, but. They ask people, if you were given the option for a green burial over a traditional burial, what would you choose? And it was predominantly green burial. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing is that it all becomes education and awareness. People don't know that those options exist for them. Mm -hmm. And they think that what is traditional, what they're being offered is their only option. And that's the problem. So when you walk into a funeral home and you know what you want and you ask the questions, you ask the hard questions. Mm -hmm. Um... It doesn't even have to be that hard. It's like, I don't want this, I want this. Can you do this? Yes or no? They're right there understanding and, and sensing the, the sense of, <laughs> you know, how the funeral is responding to those questions I think is a really good test to see if it's the right funeral director for you. If this is something that you care about, if you wanna do something more environmentally friendly or you just don't want a super traditional funeral, um, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I've done funerals at parks, at art galleries, at uh golf courses, like you name it we've done, we've done them at like city hall like you can rent like a legion like there's so many places you can do something like this obviously it's someone's home. People don't realize that home funerals is still totally possible. you're allowed to have a home funeral you're allowed to bring your loved one home and sit vigil at home with a body. you're allowed to do that you can do that and you don't have to pay for those costs and right. it's and that's what we used to do hundred years ago we didn't have funeral directors. That's what most people don't realize is the funeral industry is like 115 years old. Like it's that's pretty new for us.
0: So obviously it's probably a lot cheaper to do it at home, right? Or, or it's about the same cost because you still have to get the body transported over there.
1: Yeah, so it, at the end of the day, it's gonna depend on the final means of disposition. So if you're having a home vigil for a couple of days, you're obviously not paying for like, the staff and the catering and the room rental. So in that way, you'll be saving money. But yes, you'll need additional transport. So you have to be um, aware of that. In some states, you can actually transport your loved one yourself, which Mm -hmm. is legal, totally legal in your own car. Um, And then it all depends on what the means of disposition is. So are we going to be cremating mom or are we going to be burying her? So you will have similar costs. than a, than a traditional service but it will definitely be less because they're in your own home but you know at the end of the day if it really just comes down to cost for someone direct cremation definitely the the, the best option but um something that I always advocate for is the importance of ritual and the importance uh-huh. of of saying goodbye and having some type some type of way of saying goodbye and and this is where I'm This is where I see a challenge because we're now in this time where funerals are very expensive. They're not accessible and people are choosing direct cremation because of the expense, but also because the traditional funeral service, like at a funeral home or at a church doesn't feel meaningful to us anymore. It doesn't make us feel good. It doesn't give us that goodbye that we want. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes for, you know, some of us who, either grew up secular or maybe are now secular in adulthood when when our parents are older, going to church doesn't feel like something that we do or it doesn't, it doesn't resonate with us anymore. doesn't give us that meaning anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's still the expense, but then mom dies, the funeral home picks her up from the hospital and then you're handed a box and it's like, what the F just happened? Do You know what I mean? There's no processing time. Right. And so what we try to advocate for is for people to find their own rituals now, building new rituals. Mm-hmm. And something we do at Keeper, we actually do, we do virtual funerals at Keeper. We started doing it during the pandemic. It actually started because my grandmother died of COVID, like right at the beginning of it. And we did a funeral on Zoom. Sounds awful. Sounds ridiculous. It was literally the most meaningful service my family had ever been to in their life, they said because it was myself, my cousins, and we just put something together by just telling stories and sharing photos and videos that were so meaningful to my family to see, because we're Mm -hmm. just so used to going to the funeral home and just like, boom, boom, okay, you know, say a prayer, someone says a few words and it's done. Mm -hmm. And they've never felt meaningful. And then by us getting together and doing this thing, even though it was virtual, it was like, people were, like honestly just kept talking about it because they're like, I've never been to a funeral like this. That was amazing. And so something that we try to do at Keeper is find ways to create these new, we call them legacy activities. Mm -hmm. So an example is we had, uh, we were celebrating the life of a woman that died and she was very well known for bringing her like secretly healthy treats to any party. And so before the service, we sent everyone a recipe list. And then at the end of the service, everyone on zoom at home. We all made this, like her favorite, one of the chia donuts. I don't know cool. something. Yeah. And we all like made this as a way to remember her. We had a guy who loved his martinis. We brought in a, we brought in a bartender who taught us about how to make martinis and we all made martinis together. And then we gave a, a cheers of for him at the end. Um, planting like someone who was a gardener. We all um, picked, we all, we sent someone, everyone's seeds. And so we all planted these seeds at the end of the service. So it's just finding new rituals, new ways to remember someone and celebrate them that give you that sense of closure that that you need. Because people say, oh, I don't need a funeral. I don't need a funeral. It's like the funeral's not for you. It's for the people that you left behind and they need something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, yeah, that's just, and this is the challenge. This is the most challenging part, I think, when we talk about the whole issue of cost and funeral. Mm-hmm. Is that it's not just about the cost, it's about that that experience as well.
0: I agree with you hundred percent. I was just thinking too about opening graves. I have you know, a friend of mine whose brother passed away, you know, she had to op- open her parents' grave to, to put him in there. That that in itself was fire almost I think it was like five grand. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. it was that's a wild. lot of in that grave.
1: Oh my goodness. It so probably had it probably had like a vault or something.
0: Am I wrong, Marcy? Let me know, Marcy. I think it was like five grand. It wasn't real wow. cheap to open that grave either. Oh yeah, I mean but, that's the
1: thing. You vary a plot. You you buy a plot, and then at the time of the at the time of the burial, like you have grave opening and closing fees mm-hmm. every time for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, another question I had was: Have you seen those funerals like in Puerto Rico? The ones where they <laughs> they, they, they they I'm not laughing about because it's kind of cool, kind of creepy at the same time. Where they'll put the person in a, in, a, in a recliner, you know, watching TV or whatever, you know, and they're propped up there, and then people come to them that way.
1: Yeah, it's called it's called extreme embalming is kind of the the term that it's been used and um, it's kind of an art form. Um, It's, it's very challenging from what I've learned. I'm not an embalmer by by trade. Um, But I have seen those. And um, yeah, there was one where there's a very famous one, like probably the most famous one everyone knows of and it's this, it's a, it's a guy sitting with like a cigarette or a joint in his hand with his leg crossed and his eyes are open. And we shared that on our social media once and every embalmer was like, holy shit, they got his eyes open and they kept them open. Like that's impressive. Wow. So that's the thing is like, it's to us, it seems weird and wouldn't, I don't know. Some people maybe would not want to witness that, but to people there, it, it was, it was it's what like they wanted it that's what the person's mother wanted because she wanted to remember him as he was and i mean you, you can't blame them it's it's a beautiful thing to to be able to have that last moment
0: with your loved one right and and that's what she wanted right. hers to look like right right absolutely yeah i've seen photos of those that's that's pretty incredible work that they do it is. It's, it's, it's impressive. It gives closure, but at the same time, it's kind of creepy. I hate to say it, it's kind of creepy. But, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely,
1: I mean, especially when someone like looks like they're like alive and they're like yeah. sitting in a, in a position. Yeah, totally. It's super it weird.
0: It kind of reminds me of the old photographs, remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they used to take of the, of the kids, you know, the, the deceased people. But that's okay if that's your thing, that, that's your thing. There's a question in the chat room about pets. Yeah. Pet um, services. Yeah, of course. Um, So
1: what we see most often with pets um, is cremation. And there's so many things you can do with a pet. But Mm -hmm. um, I mean, my first recommendation is if you have an elderly pet and you know that they're going to pass, my first recommendation would be to find a vet that will come to your home and to perform any euthanasia at home, because that just makes the experience so much more beautiful. And they could be at home in their bed, Mm-hmm. Surrounded by their loved ones, um, so that's my first recommendation. And you know, it it really differs. So any vet will generally offer cremation, and many times it's like a group cremation where um, there'll be many animals in the same retort, and so you can get ashes back, but it will be mixed with other animals. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can pay a larger fee, and then mm-hmm. you could have your pet cremated by themselves. Um, but something that I definitely want to point out is aquamation. So there is the process called alkaline hydrolysis, and it's existed for animals for a very long time. And it is now in the U S it's been quite a few years. It's legal and available in 18 States in the U S and five provinces in Canada. And what it is, is I like to describe it as cremation by a warm bath. So it takes the chemical lye and you mix it with water. And the person is put in like a large vat, like a, yeah, like a large vat, a human sized vat. And it's warm water mixed in with lye, which essentially that chemical will completely dissolve all soft tissue. Huh. So it completely dissolves your body. And just like in cremation, which most people don't realize, you're actually left with bones. You're actually left with intact bones. Huh. And um, once that whole process is done, the the water solution that Mm -hmm. dissolved your body is actually totally safe to just go down the drain. Like it's basically like a soapy substance after it's totally sterile and safe. So that's really cool. And you're left with the bones and then just like in cremation, they'll crush up the bones and then you're left with a bag of cremated remains. The -hmm. difference is that the cremated remains from alkaline hydrolysis, you get much more of them and it's a white fine like baby powder, whereas cremated remains, It's ashy and it's, um, it's like, what's the term? It's like, like sharper, you know, think of it like that. And whereas the bones from alkaline hydrolysis, they kind of just like, you touch them and they turn to powder. Mm -hmm. And I'm going on this tangent because this is a really wonderful option for pets. Um, There's a wonderful company if you're in the Seattle area called Resting Waters and that's what they do. So they have, um, they have an alkaline hydrolysis machine and they, it could be a pet as small as a little bird or as big as a great day. Wow. And, um, you get the ashes at the end, but there's so much more that you can do with it too. Right. So something that's really popular with pets is doing like a cast. So let's say it's a dog or a cat. You could have a cast of their paw, um, before they get, you know, put into the machine, right. um, taking hair clippings. And there's so many different, um, pieces of art that you can actually do with it or jewelry. So Victorian hair art is a very cool thing that exists in the Victorian era. But there's a lot of people making beautiful pieces with art with, with hair of a loved one. So it could be human hair or dog hair. And they mm-hmm. can like braid it and put in like a pendant. Um, so many things that you can do with that. And um, of course, just like any human, you can also bury those cremated remains um, in under a tree in green burial. And yeah, there's so many options and, um, it's really about what's meaningful to mm-hmm. your pet.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I know there's even in this terrible, as this says the freeze drawing technique as well. Some people will do that with their pets. Yeah. Like to, to like be able to, um, like display them after. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's kind that of, would, out that, there, would, yeah. it, that would be hard for me to see, to see my, my pup. Me too.
0: Like that every day.
1: That. Yeah. No thanks. No thanks.
0: <laughs> this is so fascinating to me. You know, it was back then when when I covered the story, it was fascinating to me. You know, when we talk about alternatives for people, I mean, you can even get shot in the space, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you can. Um, there's a couple companies out there
1: now, actually. And, um, again, they'll take your cremated remains. They'll put it um, – generally, they'll, like, pack it in – I don't know what they call them. But it'll be packed in, like, a type of tube – And Mm -hmm. um, there's a, you know, most companies have like different partnerships with like NASA and they go off during different expeditions and they just release it into the atmosphere once they're in space. Some of them will even um, allow you to choose to be on like the moons, um, like, like they'll show you all like when they're on the moon or like in a certain part of the space. So yeah, it's, I mean, that's not cheap either though. That's like $10,000. Right, 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 right. but, yeah, there's the options are endless. I mean, there's fireworks. There's a company that will literally just, like, it'll be like a drone that'll bring you up, like, to, like, break, right, like, the ozone layer. And then they'll release you. So not necessarily in space. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, cremator remains, like, there's so many options. It's kind of wild.
0: Yeah. So it's, you can really use your imagination. It's interesting, too, to me, like, with the Catholic Church, oh, you know, over the years, my mother was a staunch person wanted to be buried, wanted to be buried. But within the last, I think it's like 10 years maybe, my mother's been gone three years. So I think it's within the last 10 years the Catholic Church has meant to say that that, that you can actually be cremated now.
1: Yeah, so cremation is totally accepted by the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. but the body, the cremated remains, all need to be placed in one spot together. So scattering is not accepted by the Catholic Church. Okay, that's good to know. And so. I yeah. So the whole thing with the Catholic church is they need to make sure that the full body is there uh, for the resurrection, right? So they need you to be all there so that you can be all put back together at once. So that's the that's the main thing is they don't really use ossuaries, which is like where it mm-hmm. will be like a place where you can just put a lot of different, you could put someone's creator remains and it's mixed in with other people's. Mm-hmm. So for them, the Catholic church is like, yes, you can be created, but you need to be in one spot and I don't know if it's mandatory to be like in a cemetery, but generally they want you to be in like whole, like consecrated land, right? So they'll want you to be like in an urn on like a niche. Like, so um, it's like a mausoleum, but for urns or buried in the ground. So that's, what's most important. that's why they will not divide the ashes. If you want to put mum in a little necklace, even just a tablespoon, they'll say no.
0: Yeah, that goes against
1: Catholic traditions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what can, so, like, like you talk about this stuff openly, if, if somebody has some, uh, a family member die, how do you approach them you know, when they come in? Because I, I know you. Know, I've been to different funeral homes that I've dealt with and, you know, they've, been very, they've all been very good. But I mean, how, how do you approach them? Because, because you know about all these alternatives. Well, so I think that there's a few ways to talk about this. One is
1: what is what is the person who passed away? What, what did they want? Do they have any plans? Uh And what does the family want? What would the family find meaningful? And so this is where, just like you said at the beginning of this talk, Uh that it's important to plan ahead. And it could be important, it it could be like planning ahead could be as simple as saying, I want this, I want to be buried, I want to be at this cemetery, or I want to be cremated. Or advice could also just be, I don't care. Some people care, and some people can straight up say they don't care. One of the biggest challenges we see is families coming in, siblings, for example, and they fight over what mom wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Mom wanted to be cremated. No, she didn't. She wanted to be buried. And it's like, it ends up being this stress mm-hmm. and this dispute that doesn't have to exist because if mom just said, I want this or just wrote it down somewhere, then you would know. So that's, like my, that's my first bit of advice is think about what you want and tell the people you love about that. That's really important. And then once you know what you want, mom wanted a green burial, mom wanted to be cremated, et cetera. Then you know who your options are, right? So if mm-hmm. you want something particular like green burial or like aquamation, like I talked about, you need to find a provider that's gonna be able to give that to you, even like the home funeral. It's very hard to have a home funeral without planning ahead. The things, th- these, these alternative options, be, besides the ones that deal with cremated remains, any kind of green burial, home funeral, being planted with a tree as a full body, that stuff has to be planned ahead in the sense that you need to know if someone provides it in your area and, um, you don't have to like create a whole contract with them, mm-hmm. but it's just knowing this is what I want and is it available for me? Mm-hmm. So that's, that, that's really like my main piece of advice. And then, um, you know, so I'm, I'm not a funeral director on a day-to-day right. basis, so I don't sit down and talk to families, right? but I know that funeral homes will, you know, they will mention the options. But what's interesting is families and people tend to kind of just go with, with the comfort level of like, okay, this is what people do. So we're just going to go this way. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like there's sort of those rare funeral directors that will try to maybe push the family outside of their comfort zone to do something that's like a little different and a little more meaningful, but just like there are, I mean, so many professionals can be so different. And I think funeral directors are one of those areas where like you can find the raddest funeral director that will do everything to, just give you what you want. Whereas others will just like have just like a typical book and package and we'll take you Mm -hmm. through that. Mm -hmm. And so what I think is important just to reiterate is like what is important to the family and what is important to that loved one. And then just look into your options before it's too late.
0: Do you believe in uh, prepaid plans? (sighs) It's tough. So,
1: Pre-paying, it's, you know, in the U.S., it's like in Canada, it's very protected, right? The money goes into a trust Mm -hmm. and the funeral home has to respect that. In some cases, yes, you will save money. But in other cases, the cost of the casket would almost be the same because of inflation and inflation is not included in that. And so Mm -hmm. they'll say you bought a $2,000 casket in 1998 but now um, that casket is $5,000 in 2022. And so you need to pay us that extra $3,000. So that Mm -hmm. does happen. Some plans will actually um, allow that to carry over. They will say, you know, it lasts until the price that you have was this type of casket and it will last Mm -hmm. until this long. So that's where it's important to read the fine print and understand what you're getting. so, I guess all to say, I'm not necessarily against it. I think it's great that mm-hmm. people um, are getting their affairs in order and they're making it a lot easier on their family. But all to say that you do not have to prepay to pre plan. Okay. You can go to a funeral home and say, I want to pre plan my funeral, not put any deposit down, and they will have your name on file if they're a good enough funeral home and have all your wishes of what you want. And then when the family is going and getting ready for the service, they have everything they want and then the family has to pay. So families will do it in different ways, right? Some families will have a certain, they'll say the first thing from my, from my, my estate is going to my cost of my funeral. That's what most people do, right? The cost of your funeral is the first thing that your estate will handle if you have any money saved up. So if you're someone who's in that financial situation, that's generally perfectly fine to do. But if you're in a family situation or yourself where you've been saving, then putting it into a funeral home under a trust is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not something that like I encourage personally, because Mm -hmm. I don't think it's always necessary. You can save that money and put it in a trust and tell the bank, this is for my funeral costs. You know what I mean? So you don't, you don't have to put it under a funeral home because funeral homes get purchased a lot. There's um, most people don't realize that a lot of the mom and pop funeral homes that, are around the corner from you are actually owned by one of two very large corporations that go out and buy mom and pop funeral homes and keep the name, but put it under their
0: brand and under their corporate structure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. well, what happened with my, 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 my parents was that they had bought a funeral plan. It had bought into a plan, but the plan mm-hmm. changed hands. Okay. What happened? You know. So then we had extra cost. There was extra cost built, you know, built into everything that nobody expected yeah. or saw coming. Exactly. So, yeah,
1: I'm not surprised. That's it. Is you
0: prepay, but it's
1: often very hard to avoid additional costs after the cost will be a lot less, but there still will be
0: costs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm impressed. I'm impressed by what you do. And uh, I think it's a great service that, that you're providing for people. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that.
1: And, yeah. and thank you for wanting to, talk about this weird stuff, I could talk about this all day, but it's uh, I mean, I say weird stuff, it's something that literally happens to every single one of us. Yeah. And uh,
0: the more we talk about it, the less we'll fear it. We're all going to end up going, you know, ending up like this. What do you say to people You know, when we talk about fear? OK, that's the main thing. People don't want to have this discussion because they're afraid. Mm-hmm. How can you how, how do you think, you know, family should convince each other or their older members of the families to discuss this stuff because it's hard?
1: Yeah, no, it's very hard. And I don't think that there is a one size fits all for every person. I think that it really depends on the family. And so we're actually coming out with an article. um, I think it's coming out the first week of January. And it's literally like a five steps to have the end of life conversation. Mm -hmm. So you're going to like you can you'd be surprised. You can go to grandma or go to mom and be like, hey, mom. What do you want? Like, do you want to be buried, cremated, and you be like, oh, you cremate me? Like, it all depends on the person. But not mm-hmm. everyone is like that, right? Some people get really scared, and they say, I don't want to talk about this now. Why are we talking about this? Why are you bringing this up? Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of it is about like setting the intention. Like, why am I doing this? And it can be, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about kind of being vulnerable. Like, I'm worried that if we don't talk about this now, if something happens, you know, we want to make sure that we want to do something that you're going to be. That, that you're going to have been happy with. Right. Um, and I think a lot of it is about putting the cards on the table. And I, I wish I had this article in front of me because it's, it's a very good guide, but it's like setting your intention, setting like what you're hoping to get out of the conversation, mm-hmm. setting your fears, you know, right there in front. And just, just sitting down and having that conversation. And so bringing it up once or twice is just that is putting like the little, you know, put put in a little crumb in their brain to make them think about it more. And um, I think it's all about the intention that you bring to it, being like, I want to make sure that I do something beautiful for you. And I want something that's going to represent you and reflect you. And so I think that that's a great way to start, but a great way to do it is also just to be like, you know, if you were at a funeral recently, or I don't know, you could be watching like a lot of people are watching that show white lotus now and there's like a whole like scene where, where, where someone scatters ashes and like honestly i think that pop culture like talks about death a lot and we don't like realize it but just that or like bringing up like a celebrity's funeral like you know like there's all these things that happen in our lives we'd be like oh man did you see her casket like what would you want would you want something like that like there's ways to sneak it in. Um, <laughs> and I'd be happy to, to bring up more ways to sneak it in because I'm definitely the kind of person that would do that. But <laughs> that would be my suggestion is like finding like the relatable ways, but mm-hmm. also just trying to set your intentions, being like, I don't want this to be a scary conversation. Like, I want to do this for you. And it's important for me to know what you are.
0: Absolutely. Quite. A lot. One last question in the chat room. Sure. Are funeral homes doing anything innovative as far as uh, record keeping? Are files on people and pets digitized? Are they embracing information on the blockchain?
1: Very good question. Um, So blockchain, not so much right now. There is someone I'm talking to who does want to bring some death stuff into the blockchain, but Mm -hmm. I don't think that the blockchain is the place for it right now. Not the way things are going. Mm -hmm. Um, NFT death certificates, maybe not, Um, but technology, yes. So most funeral homes today will have a digital case management system, which Mm -hmm. is like an ERP or a CRM system. So it's where they keep um, all records of that person. So death certificates, vital records, anything like that will all be stored under someone's name. So it's basically like a big database. Um, Mm -hmm. Most funeral homes today are not doing anything on paper. Um, Even if they do those papers, those forms, for example, will be scanned. COVID really pushed funeral homes to adopt digital signatures, you'll see a lot of funeral homes doing that. But yes, traditionally, all the what we call the case information. So anything surrounding the person's um, death or disposition, what they would like the billing, all of that is just in a software, very straightforward. However, something that we are seeing in cemeteries, especially the old historic ones, a lot of them still have their paper records. So they're called um, burial cards. So when someone dies, they have these little cards, some of them literally still have typewriters in their offices, believe it or not. And they will type in the information and they will put it in this filing box. A lot of cemeteries are digitizing. But you'd be surprised how many cemeteries are still on paper maps and paper records.
0: Wow, 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 wow. Mandy, thank you so much for coming tonight. I so appreciate I learned so much. Oh, my. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure fantastic and how can people find you guys
1: yeah so you could visit us at talkdeath.com or we're on social media youtube twitter instagram everything and it's at talk Death Daily. and if you're interested in an online memorialization or virtual funerals you can check out keeper which is mykeeper.com
0: fantastic thank you so much and we we'll gonna get you back on to talk more about this i could talk for hours about this stuff and and pick your brain. I mean, you know, it's, it's something, like you say, it's a, it's something we all have to face. Definitely. There's no choice. We're all going to end up going that, you know. And, and so it, it should be something we should all talk about. And openly Absolutely. talk about it. All right, Mandy. Thank, you, thank you, so you so much. Have a great new year. You too. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, guys. I learned so much tonight, and I hope you did too. Tomorrow. Don't miss tomorrow's show. Tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Tony Rodriguez is going to be with us. Tony Rodriguez has a book out. He says that he was abducted by aliens, starting I think at the I believe at the age of ten, and he spent through through, through time shifts. He spent twenty years with these aliens, being trained to do stuff. He spent, if, if I remember correctly, from his interview that I heard from previous, he, he trained he trained on the moon, underneath the, the uh, surface of course. He trained on Mars, and he was stationed in, in the Sirius colony. The Sirius colony. So he's going to be here to talk about this, and this man, and he has excellent re, re, recollection of what happened to him. So that's something you don't want to miss tomorrow, Tony Rodriguez. So that'll be six thirty p.m. tomorrow. Want to thank you all for coming tonight. I really appreciate it. I, you know, I, I, love it. I, I care about each and every one of you. Believe me. It's good to see you guys. Good to see the chat room popping, you know, hopping today and all that. Um, If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. And uh, again, uh, thank you very much. If you're watching from Facebook and you like what you see, please be sure to hit that uh, follow that that that, uh, like button and that follow button. And also, if you're uh, watching from YouTube, again, I'm going to point at it. See if I get it first time. There we go. There's that ghost right there. Click on that, the subscribe button will pop up, and that'll subscribe you to all of our videos. We have more than 450 videos sitting over there, and uh, there's a little something for everybody. All right. But I want to thank you again all, for all coming tonight. I'm tired today, and uh, I've been working in the yard all day, so that's kind of. Ugh. Anyway, I learned so much, and I hope you did too. And I will see you guys tomorrow at 6:30, at 6:25 p.m. Pacific, right? Right? Because that's when I start the intro and all that good stuff. But uh, thank you all for coming, and I appreciate it. And uh, enjoy the rest of your. In, please enjoy the rest of your evening. Bye.